everyone, Hannah Nieves here. Um, thank you so much for joining the Thrive Society podcast. We have Rachel Brenke. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Oh yeah, I'm excited for this. I am so excited. Another fellow East Coaster here. Um, your story is insane and I just I can't wait to dive into it too. Um, and I want to start off and kick off with that because um, if you don't know Rachel, like, I mean, her story is is insane. So can we dive into this? How did you get to where you are now? Walk us through like the motions. What was it like? Cause there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, yeah, we could do just 30 minutes talking about all the things. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, you know, way back in 1984, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I am, um, I kind of grew up never really fit into the, like, I was always the one with the report card of talkative and bossy. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, it just was not for me, the whole idea of sitting in a desk, cubicle farm, that kind of thing. And so I knew that I always wanted to do something for myself. I just didn't know what that looked like. I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family. In fact, came from military family. And I attribute Mm -hmm. a lot of that to my entrepreneurial skills, but you know, I did the typical go to college because that was what was expected, worked in corporate for a bit. But when Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with cancer, I was like, okay, this is it. Like if I get through this, I don't want to live my life padding the pockets of dreams of someone else. And I've heard been dabbling in entrepreneurship. And it's funny, you would think from there is like, oh, you know, happily ever after entrepreneurship. No, I still even from then went back into corporate world while I was building my businesses. Um, the burnout was horrible, of course, as many mm-hmm. people many listening understand. Uh, but it was, you know, it was needed for like financial support at the time, you know, while building a business. And now, you know, I ended up going to law school. It was still kind of yeah. the struggle for a long time of, um, of, I have to go, you know, you have to go to school. You got to get a corporate job. You got to have a house and fence and all those things. And, and I share that in that context that people will land on my website and they go, Oh, you've done all of this. Like, yeah, there's a lot of like back and forth in the struggle of like what, you know, I really got deep (laughs) on the first question of what, like what society expects and, you know, what I wanted to do, but yeah. So now I, um, I am an attorney. I own my own law firm, but I also have a couple of online entry specific brands with legal information and business strategy for other entrepreneurs. Very often it's other moms like me because I have five kids. And so, um, that's who I connect with and I love it. I I'm so glad that I broke free of corporate world and, um, that I'm doing this now. I love this. And for those that don't know, like you've competed in Ironman. Okay. This is pretty badass. When I saw that and I watched the video on your website, I was like, we have to talk about this. Like what was the journey, right? You said, corporate, you had experienced cancer, you're growing your family. Like what was the experience then to, to doing this? Because like, that is like putting your body to like, it's most at most capacity. So like, what was that journey like for you? I love talking about this because my answer is that getting into Ironman triathlons was actually a response to burnout, right? Mm. But it wasn't corporate burnout. So I had like the corporate burnout, uh, went into entrepreneurship, and then I had almost like convinced myself that being a business owner was my self-care. Like that was the only thing for me. But as you grow, and especially as you're growing multiple brands and multiple businesses, you get team members, you have clients, you have customers, and everyone has a piece of you. So it's really no longer for you. And I was, I had just had our fifth baby and I had realized that I completely let my 
like physically, mentally. I'm like, I gotta do something for myself. And a girlfriend that I had actually swung with in high school was into Ironman triathlons. And she goes, I'm going to send you something. And she sent me a pair of socks and I was like, what? And they're running socks. And like, it's so crazy how like one gift can like change the trajectory of your life. But I just, I got into doing, um, triathlons because they were just for me, you know, and I worked my way up to Ironman. I did Ironman world championship back in 2018. NBC did like a whole feature. It was incredible. And I think for me, you know, it's funny that things evolve, you know, I start business. It's just for me. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's for everyone else. Triathlon has somewhat turned into, it was just for me. And then like the thing with NBC and being with team USA, you know, I'm, I'm connecting with other women, showing them they can do these things, but you know, sometimes I just have to rein it in. I turn down opportunities just because I want to preserve and keep because it's 140.6 miles. Right. And people are like, that's crazy. Wow. I think miles. I don't have to you know, get a juice box. I don't have to answer a client call. It's 100% taking care of myself. Wow. Wow. That is just, I have chills. And even just watching the video, I watched it before. Um, you know, you mentioned something before about burnout and, you know, the fact of like, you know, also like authoring so many books as well, mm-hmm. mother of five entrepreneur, you know, doing this Ironman. And I'd like to talk about burnout for a second, because like, how did you balance it all while doing all the things at the same time? Well, so a couple of things on that. I don't think balance exists. I think that in our season of life, it changes. So it ebbs and flows. I mean, so maybe you're juggling and trying to balance. Yeah. But you're not going, you don't, you're never going to get it perfect. And also there's not like one specific method, right? You can't just get, and I'm very logical. We have SOPs for everything. We have checklists. Everyone knows what to do in business, but you have to take a step back when you're in entrepreneurship or whatever it is that you're doing. And you have to pick your head up and look around and see, has my season of life changed? Like for example, last year with pandemic, you know, all of a sudden I was having to help facilitate homeschooling (laughs) <laughs> for five kids. And, <laughs> and I love my kids dearly, but that was, that was quite a journey, but I, I, I had to recognize and understand that I had to scale back on like business or, you know, we just, you just mm-hmm. have to make sure that plan, but you can't be so rigid. And I think the other thing of that too, is you, know, you can list all these things. Like I've got a whole about me PR page and it looked overwhelming, but that's not all done at one time. This has been 17 years in the making, yeah. right? So I have the different brands, but I don't go to build another brand until I have solidly hit my goals. And it's Ooh. in almost a self-sustaining position with a team and SOPs and all of that. So yeah, it looks like a lot. And it's funny you bring up the books. Those are not, those are just really for fun for me. I just really enjoy okay. doing those. So those are when I have time or the season of life affords me to do it. But yeah, it's, you know, for me, the way that we approach things, personal and business, and this is one of those do as I say, not as I do type of situations, (laughs) is I have to really like commit myself to this, but we try to identify what are our rocks. And so what is the things that we value most, like self-care, family travel, um, all these sort of different things. And because we visualize our time like a glass vase. And so we want to put the rocks in first. And then the sand that we put around the rocks is all these other obligations. But if you did it in reverse and put all the sand in first, 
first, like all this other stuff that you um, feel like you have to do. And there's some things you can't avoid. uh, But if you put the sand in first, your rocks aren't going to fit into the vase. You're going to be trying to shove them into the top. And so we're very, we try to be very intentional with that, recognizing the season of life and making sure that our rocks aren't getting booted out of the vase, because that is when you will end up in burnout. That is when Mm -hmm. you will become less effective in your entrepreneurship, you'll get less effective in your personal life. And it's really easy to get distracted, especially if you're coming from a um, fear base, right? Maybe you're fine. You're the whole financial support or, you know, you absolutely need to make this money. And like, for me, I have how many team members. So it's definitely in my mind that I, you know, I have, I'm also supporting their families as well, but Hannah it is really the most simplistic things, just taking mm-hmm. time to stay in tune with what's going on. And, yeah. I, and, and so it's so, I'm so glad that you asked this question because yeah. I think back to what we just talked about, but like how I got into Ironman triathlons, I was so head, head to the grindstone, right? Just so focused. Cause I was from a fear-based position of needing, needing to make money and also wanting to succeed that I had completely let myself go on all levels. And I was not effective for anybody. And once I got kind of control over this, then I saw the trajectory of money, of mm. engagement, um, in business, and also my personal relationships definitely increased. I love that. I love that you said that. And, you know, burnout is a real thing, whether you're in corporate America or, you know, you, even in your own business, like I've experienced it. It's just, it's so real. And, you know, there's this, I want to also shift because there's this concept and I've been, you've probably been seeing so many like news articles around this now with like the mass exodus of people leaving corporate America and like starting their business. And what's interesting, and I've done some research on this too, is the fact of they're kind of like terming it like the she session, right? People, women, um, a lot of moms are leaving and transitioning because, because the pandemic almost like was the catalyst for people, even including myself to really realize like what's important and burnout is a real thing while working from home. And I think, I don't know if you've noticed this with clients of yours or whatnot, um, but I'm just curious, like, why do you think this is making so much an impact of why like moms, for example, and women are like moving to entrepreneurship from corporate because of that? Do you notice any correlations or any feedback on that? Because it's a really, really hot topic now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's interesting, and this is probably going to sound weird. So stick with me. Mm -hmm. You said catalyst is like the perfect word for it. I actually, I mean, I don't appreciate COVID. I don't appreciate all the struggles, the hardships, Mm. death, destruction, everything from it. But I think if we're going to look for silver linings, you said it right. Catalyst. And there's, cause there's so many people, women specifically that I have talked to over the years, you know, as a business consultant and they're like, oh, I just can't leave corporate America. I just know it's scary. I'm not there financially the pandemic pushed so many people into entrepreneurship. And I, so it's almost good. Like I said, it's going to sound weird, but (laughs) I I kind of appreciate that push for, especially some of my clients who just been sitting on that fence for so long. Do I quit? Do I not? They got to a point that they didn't have a choice. And, you know, I, I often say, you never know what you can do until it's sink or swim time. Right. And that's the same thing like with cancer and the other things that I've done in my life is like Mm. when you have absolutely no choice. And I feel like a lot of women, especially moms during pandemic had no choice, whether their positions were eliminated or they needed to be around for their children or whatever their life situation is. And so 
that resiliency, you know, I think mm. back to the very beginning of my uh, entrepreneurial days. I mean, we've already talked, kind of talked about the burnout, but I'll tell you what, the lessons that I've learned from being in burnout or being forced to have to do something really has helped to an an increased trajectory, increased business lessons. You become a lot more efficient. You become a lot, uh, you just know you have to make it happen. And so with, you know, I'm just, I'm appreciative that so many women and moms have been able afforded the opportunity to kind of this push into entrepreneurship. Now, that being said, it, it does, it's not all rosy as many of us mm-hmm. know, right? You know, it this probably was one of the worst times in a way to try to start a business when you have kids at home, you're juggling virtual learning, they're hating it, you're trying to build a business. Um, but yeah, I've seen some clients come out of it very successfully. I mean, we're only a year and a half, almost two years into it now, but they're like, I never would have taken this step if I hadn't been pushed. And so I'm kind of a, you know, silver lining appreciative of that portion. Yeah. I, and I love that you said that because I actually have a very similar story too. Um, I actually went full-time in March of 2020. So I had my business for six months when full-time, I think we might've, um, and been starting at the same time because I it'll be two years in 2022. Um, but like you said, it's that resilience, and that's something that I've noticed across so many people, and even just like listening to your story. And I love that you shared some of the top lessons because like starting a business or even just growing a business, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this or if you've experienced this before, but like as you grow, right, you scale to multiple six or seven figures the same mindset beliefs or blocks still come up for you. Um, either a, like you see yourself almost like playing small because you've got a lot more to lose, you know? So I feel like that mo that the concept of resilience and just facing adversity is super, super powerful. Um, I'm just curious too. Um, so now in terms of like what you're doing now, for those that are listening, you've done all these things, you know, experience cancer, you have five kids, triathlon, and then you're serving so many entrepreneurs. Um, what would be some of your best recommendations for those who are in growing and scaling stages? We have a lot of entrepreneurs and or aspiring entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast. So what would be your top tips? Oh, it's a wonderful question. Cause I want, I was just thinking of something similar to this as we were just talking previously, I think it's important to recognize, and I don't mean this to stress anybody out, but it's important to recognize that there's not a mountaintop, right? You, mm. if you're looking at your journey in entrepreneurship, when you're first starting out, you're like, I just want to get to six figures. Or for me, like from the very beginning, it was, I just want to help. I, my family needs money. Like I just, we need to financially mm-hmm. be able to live. And which is partly why I did corporate America at the same time. But um, I want you to visualize it more of like a hike, right? You're going to, you'll hike up a little bit and you'll go to a little peak. Then you hike up again, you go to another peak. So don't fall into this mindset of, oh, well, when I make six figures or seven figures, everything will be gravy. You can kind of just set it a bit ago that when you get actually, as you grow bigger, sometimes you end up playing smaller because you have more to lose. And so it's just keeping in tune with that and recognizing and understanding that this is a long haul journey like this. You're not going to get to, you know, summit the peak and then you're done. You know, as you grow, you're going to, you're going to mature as a person, as a business owner, as a manager or a leader, which that has been the hardest part for me. Um, you're, 
yeah, you're going to grow. So you just have to stay in tune though with like, for me, what we say is we create a real business to have a real life because real life is our goal. You know, we want the business to be a supporting actor to our lives. And so that's why it kind of, you know, we take the approach of the rocks and all of that, but within that, and we do this yearly internally with the team. And I do this with my clients is all right. When you first started out, you had a real business, real life definition. How has it changed? How do you feel about that? What can we do to adjust that? Because Mm -hmm. When you get started, your first goal might be like, oh, I just want to make six figures. And those really should be kind of the, um, the guiding stars, right. On your, for you to follow, but staying in tune with, we said it earlier, like seasons of life, how your life circumstances may have changed, but also, um, just adjusting those definitions come from year to year. Cause I, I just remember, uh, one, <laughs> I remember early on, not that my family was ever unsupportive, Mm-hmm. We, they're not entrepreneurial based. So, you know, they're all military and they didn't, we didn't never really knew like what could happen. And I remember they, they were supportive, but obviously probably a little skeptical mm-hmm. about rebuilding online businesses. And I remember the day I was laying on the floor, had a little one and I was refreshing my PayPal because I had just launched something and I was watching the money come in and I it was like, Oh, I made my goal time to go to the next peak, you know? And so, but it's okay if you don't want to either. I think that's going to be the tail end of this. The front end is recognize your goals are going to change, keep those definitions, let them be fluid. But then once you reach that goal, where do you go from there? You know, some people sell off their businesses, others add on other products or services. Uh, So you just kind of have to figure out, am I going to want to continue climbing or am I good just to hang out at this peak for a bit? I love that. And how, for those that are listening to, like, I love that you mentioned about, um, there's going to be different seasons and it's almost like recognizing that, like, how do you almost like prepare for that? Do you do like a quarterly check-in or a semi-annual check-in? Because, you know, I'll give the example. We have some listeners in here that are, you know, transitioning out of their corporate jobs. We have some women in here, for example, who are wanting to start families. And this is like a real conversation of like, how is my business going to change? How do I set things up? So like, how often do you go through kind of that internal like audit? Yeah. So we do a business and personally, you know, we sit at the beginning of the year, we identify the rocks for the year. Cause those can also be adjust, especially mm-hmm. if you're adding on to family or wanting to try Ironmans or something like that. So the beginning of the year, we look at our rocks. We look at the definitions of real business, real life. What does that look like for this year? Um, and then we stick with looking at our key performance indicators, our KPIs throughout the year. I'm very, bucket methodical. So I like doing it first of the year, every quarter, but then at the first of the month, my team leads and I'll get together and review KPIs. Um, and, and the good thing if it is, is because you're able to track trends um, in your behavior, in your consumer's behavior. Like for example, I've been in business long enough now that I know <laughs> that, and we were just joking about this as a team, that in July and August, like it was like tumbleweeds were blowing across our keyboards because mm-hmm. all of our consumers were out enjoying living, you know, living their best life in the summer. And September 1st, it was an onslaught pouring in of inquiries and purchases. So mm-hmm. I know that fall time is going to be more like 75% business, 25% personal, where in the summer it's completely flipped. And so, you know, you look and see what the consumer patterns are, but you also get to dictate that. And so doing like, you know, those check-ins and the definitions and just keeping on top of, um, 
what you want to accomplish, you can help steer it a little bit, um, you know, with through messaging and marketing. And like for us, I like to give my team off in December. So we try to take two three weeks off um, as much as we can. However, that being said, we also know that buyers of our audience first of the year, everyone's ready to be new, new, you know, new year, new, Mm -hmm. new, especially when it comes to business. So we just adjust and we look at that and go, okay, we know it's going to be a big buying time. Um, You know, people looking for help in their first week of January. Well, we want to take two weeks off in December because that's our real life, real business Mm -hmm. structure, but we got to get all that work done in the fall, right? So that it can all be prepared and ready to roll. So we're not scrambling to do it come January. When you get back. That's, That's just an example, like how we look at you know, partnering what we want, but also with what our consumers are going to kind of demand. I love that. I love that you said it's like that check-in from both a business standpoint, but also a mental standpoint too, like where you are from a season perspective. Um, And I can only imagine too, like with the training of the triathlon and like your physical health, like that definitely probably has so much impact on like your mindset, which I feel like we could totally do another episode just on that because I'm so fast. I'm always so fascinated with like athletes and their mindset and the endurance and like the correlation between that and like business. I feel like it's not really talked a lot about as well, but I love that you incorporated that, that mindset and that mental, um, that mental health component too, because it is just as important as a founder. I love that. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because, and if you're listening and I don't know where you guys are in your stage of business, it's, I was actually just asked on a podcast yesterday, if pivoting was failing. And I'm like, no, that is the smartest person in the room. If they are in tune with themselves of their, you know, their real business, their real life, if they're in tune with those definitions and they are are meeting them or not, because you could financially mm-hmm. be making the goals, but you could just be completely unhappy, you know? And if, if it is, you are the smartest individual, if you can recognize that and make a pivot that works within those definitions for you. The other thing too, is oftentimes, and I think especially right now, so this is the kind of the other side of the coin from what happened with this she session and the pandemic, forcing a lot of people out of corporate America into needing to do something online they may realize that they don't want to be business owners. And you know what? That is a phenomenal thing to recognize because you will experience burnout. You will be ineffective. You will not have that life fulfillment. So now that's a little Mm woo-woo, but it's true. If you're like, oh, I'm here now. I lost my job because of pandemic. I have to do it this way. You can, you don't have to do that. You know, and I've worked with some people that, we're like, it's so embarrassing. I need to close my business. But I'm like, how is it embarrassing? You're the one that has to go to sleep with you at the end of the night, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody else. And so you can go and you can support, you can still be in the entrepreneurial world and not have to be the founder and the head of everything. Mm-hmm. You can go and be a support person. Like one of my team leads, she does have her own business separate from it, but she absolutely loves thriving under not having to be the head <laughs> of everything. Mm-hmm even though she pretty much runs everything, but, um, but yeah, you know, just accepting, do I need to pivot? Do I need to make a change? Should I not be an entrepreneur that those are such great lessons, just being in tune with making that, mm-hmm. but that's not full burnout. So making sure that you can recognize, cause you know, uh, burnout manifests differently for everybody. And so yes. you do need to see, you can look around to others, but you need to see to you. And I know for me, one of the lessons that I've learned over the years is that, and I didn't realize this girl, I'm 37. And I just, within the last few years, 
recognize that I have anxiety and there's things like if I'm on social media too much, if I go to bed watching Netflix, those sort of things cause anxiety in me that also end up coming out in negative ways. Not like I'm screaming mother, although that happens too, (laughs) Um, but like I'll get distracted at work. I'll start doing things Mm -hmm. that are not in, you know, they're not income producing activities. There are things that I shouldn't be doing that other team members should be. So that's kind of one of those things. When I start noticing that I'm getting distracted from my role and what I need to do, then I just take a step back and go, okay, am I burnout? Am I just in response anxiety to something else in my life? Um, I guess my point of all that to say is recognize to see, is it burnout or is entrepreneurship just not for you and what changes Mm -hmm. need to be made? Mm, I love that. I love that. So many good nuggets of knowledge in this episode too. So you're, you are so fascinating. Your story is so fascinating. And I feel like honestly, we could do another episode just on the, the training being an athlete too, and how that relates to business. Um, but for those, um, where can people follow you? Like, tell us where people can follow you. What are you working on? How can people connect with you? And I'll also include all these links in the show notes too, because you, you need to follow her and check out her about page because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you fo- I'm Rachel Brinke on all the socials and then I have my individual niche specific pages, which are all linked there too. Um, I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. So if you want to see puppy dogs, kids in Disney, that's what you'll see. I'm there for it. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, you know, sharing your incredible knowledge and experience. I appreciate you so much and so excited to release this. Thank you. Awesome.